Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. Okay, if you would uh, go ahead and open a Bible to uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 is where we're going to be reading in just a few minutes. Um, yeah, I just was hearing this week, uh, yeah, there's just some great stories, and I appreciated Graydon right there at the end as we're, we're worshiping. One of the things we've been praying even before the service was, God, make this a thin place, and we want to hear the sounds of heaven. And I was, as I was just finishing there, you know, you were talking about the holiness touching us in the midst of our He's not somewhere far away. He's here with us. And that's the beauty of the incarnation. You get ideas in your mind about holiness, and then you realize, oh, wait, God came and touched us in our darkness and in our sin and in our mess. And he made things right. It's so good. And so it's right for us to be singing holy, holy. And if you ever had that thought, like, is this going on too long? Have you ever had that thought, like, are we going on too long with this song? Then you remember Revelation 4, day and night, or is it too loud? Loud peals of thunder and lightning. And day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You're worthy. You're worthy to receive glory and honor and power and praise. Amen. Okay, so that was just from worship. There's just some great testimonies going around right now, some healings. I just, I, I'm just, I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing in our midst and uh, just give you, give you praise, God. Uh, don't take it for granted, everybody. We get to do this. We get to do this together. We get to be the, the, the weightful, the, the weighty witness to the world that needs to see the church gathered, needs to see the church gathered. So it's, that's huge. You know, I was looking at this passage, Matthew chapter 6, and the first thing I'd like to say is that we're a mess and we need Jesus. That's, that's the first thing I got to say here is that, man, I need the Lord. We need him. Without him, we are dead and we're blind and without hope. And praise God, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord that he has brought the living God, the reign of God, the kingdom of God, the salvation of God into our midst through Jesus. And in him, we have life from the dead. And in him, we have sight for the blind. It just It's such wonderful good news. And the Lord is helping us to walk inside the story. And that's what this series is about on the Sermon on the Mount. We're walking. We're practicing. We're not just having some ideas in our heads. We're not just a big head on a stick. We're actually embody the life of the Lord. We live this thing out in an embodied way. That's what Jesus came to show us. We practice, practice. We practice. And we're talking about practice. And uh, it's an old joke. Everybody's going to get it. Um, but we practice God's reign and God's righteousness right here. Um, you know, and we, we don't always believe. Let me see if I can say this right. I don't always believe what I think I do. And you don't always believe what you think you do because our desires actually end us up in different places where our thinking, I don't even think that, and here I am doing this. Can I 
Anybody? That's why we just, we need, to, we need a, a redemption. We need a renewal of our imagination, of our thought life, of our desires. Because we're kind of moving where our desires are leading us. And that's why this passage is, is really important. And I'm coming to this, you know, uh, Graydon and I were talking about this, I don't know, earlier in the week. And coming to the Sermon on the Mount with a sense of awe. You know, it's like, you don't, again, we've been saying this every week, we don't have this figured out, right? You know, and so we come with a, with a sense of reverence and awe and wonder and even like, whoa, this is, this is not the way we think. Somebody had a word in the prayer meeting over there this morning about like horses having blinders on and it's like we, we've had blinders even to the Sermon on the Mount. You know, and theologically, you know, we come up with ways why we're not trying to do this. And so, Lord, help us here. Uh, I, I was uh, doing a little bit of reading, got a friend in Abilene that writes a blog called Experimental Theology. His name's Richard Beck, and, and uh, he had been to the Taizé community in France. So it's this monastery kind of thing where people from teenagers from all over the world come together in France, which is kind of a cool place to go. It's beautiful, but it's, there's a lot of silence. It's not a lot of hype. It's uh, every Friday night they do a service where they, on their knees, it's like 50 yards away, they crawl on their knees to the cross and then embrace the cross. Not loud, not, you know, and you're thinking, I mean, just how long, how long does that take? I don't, I suppose it takes a while, you know, but you're thinking and you're praying that whole way. And I, I think there's some of that kind of awe and mystery and wonder as we come to the Sermon on the Mount and hear the words of Jesus. It's like it's from another place, right? And I was like, what's another place? Like it's from Mars or it's from a Vulcan. That's, I'm, just, I'm just sharing my thought process. You know, it's like Spock, you know, lands and, and goes you know, live long and prosper. But then that made me think, uh, you know, he got that from his Jewish roots when he was a kid, his grandfather took him and he heard the ironic blessing. So for like 3,500 years, not Spock, but the, the priests have been blessing the people. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you and may his face shine on you and may he just bless you with peace. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace on the inside. And you know what? Jesus, he's done it. He is the high priest who has come and made everything right. Can you receive that this morning? It's like, we've seen it, Lord, and it's wonderful in our eyes. It's wonderful, this blessing, this life of blessing that he's calling us into. And so as we come to the sermon on the mount today, it's like, it's blessing for us. It's blessing, not a bummer. Just, just might verbalize that just softly. It's, it's blessing, not a bummer. It's not a bummer. It's good for us. It's amazing, really. My word, just I'm going to keep saying it, is don't give up. Don't quit. Don't be exasperated. You know, keep going. Be humble. We don't have it figured out. The, the, you're, you may look around and sometimes you think, well, they've got it figured out. They don't. You know, we're, we're all in process. Just, if you kind of just, do, don't stare anybody in the eye right now, but just look around a little bit. And like just a bunch of people that are in process together. Praise the Lord. 
So be humble. And, you know, don't take my word for it. Read it. Contemplate it. Memorize it. Think about it deeply. It's the words of Jesus. And we are his disciples. I just, he's the Lord, and we're his disciples. So we're, we're trying to follow him. And we are kingdom family. This is our DNA together, along with our brothers and sisters from around the world. Every tribe, language, nation, and tongue gathered together, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, falling down before him because he's worthy. But our situation here, especially in America, but I, you know, just in different cultures, probably around the world in, in different ways, but especially here in the West, especially in America, you know, we're just, we're, this story of treasures in heaven, it's just so, it's so strange, right? It's just a strange kind of thing. We, we go, uh, you know, and so for years, so here we are in the story of God. Go ahead and put that up, the story of God. And this is what we've been talking about all year and actually for decades, right? But, but the story of God is, is this creation plan. We're in the middle of this thing. And so here we are, go ahead. And, and I just, I, I probably wrote this down 20 years ago, but notice, and I was just like coming up with stuff. I would add a bunch more things and you could put more things on there that are the American story as well. But look how much is like stuff, you know? And I, you know, marriage, job, cars, house, bigger house, successes, recreational toys. I, you know, I can't tell you how huge retirement is in our story compared to the story of Jesus. You know, all those words from Jesus about retirement. <laughs> you know, so, so the thing is, we put, put God's story up there too. We, we, want, we want the story of, we want our story that, that all those things aren't bad. It's just we want to orient our living of life to the story of God. Like that stuff has to submit, this story has to submit to God's story. And that's, that's how we want to live as God's people. I, uh, I, I put a link, you can go ahead and, the, the game of life. Anybody ever remember the game of life? Uh, you learn about life when you play the game of life. And uh, they had this commercial, I would have just showed it, but they would shut down the live stream. And so I, I, I took some stills off the video. I put the video link. It's in your sermon notes. You can look at it later. But this first guy, he comes on, you know, and they, they're doing this. You learn about life when you play the game. A little 60s jingle. First guy comes on, bottom left here. He goes, I made 50000 in the stock market. <laughs> then the next girl comes on. She goes, I had twins. Another kid comes on. I had a car. I got a car. And another one comes on and says, I went to the poorhouse. And another one said, I'm at Millionaire Acres. And of course, the goal of the, the game of life is to have the most money when you die. You know, that's how you win the game. And one comes on, that girl comes on, and uh, she goes, I want revenge. And the, the jingle's going on in the background. She wants revenge. She wants revenge. And then she goes, I got revenge. And she got revenge, she got revenge, and you learn about life when you play the game of life. And the kid at the end there, top left, that's life. And that's our story. I mean, right? We're immersed. We don't even, you don't think about that because we're so immersed in it. Worldview is like, you know, it, it's something that you, like, whoa, when you 
Like that's, that's life. That's, that's life. That's the game of life is that. And I, I did, at least they were honest. I want revenge. <laughs> but it's, it's not this way, is it? No. Right? We, we talked about that a couple weeks, the last couple of weeks, really, loving our enemies and nonviolence and non-retaliation. And uh, so we want to wake up to these things because there's stuff that we do you know, playing that game, that's not bad. It's not like sin, you know, it's just, but we got to wake up. Shopping, you know, going to malls, that's going away. But you think about the history of adver- <laughs> advertising and uh, what were they called? Catalogs and things that create desires and going to the malls and they change all that. And now it's Instagram specific algorithm targeted at you. You know, what does Zach want? You know, and that there it is. Zach may not even do Instagram. I don't know. But, but you see what I'm saying? It just, we're, it, we've got to be aware of it. And so with that in mind, let's stand up together and let's read the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 6, verses 19 through 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust... Uh, wrong version, sorry. Where moths and vermin destroy... And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? and the body more than clothes. And look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. All these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. God. Amen. Okay, so again, throughout this series, we've been drawn on some of Glenn Stassen's uh, uh, vicious cycles. The, I'm going to put these two up. It's, it's kind of a little hard to see them. Um, we'll, we'll work on that, but I'll, I'll describe what it is. The, there's two cycles, and one is 
don't, you know, don't treasure, put your, your hope and treasures on earth because the vicious cycle is it doesn't last. It gets old. It gets destroyed. It, it's stolen or something happens to it. You get the new car and you get the ding in it uh, you know, on the way home, right? Stuff happens to stuff. And so the way out of it, the transforming initiative is to put your treasure in heaven and to make sure that your eyes are generous and not greedy. To, to have a, because your heart is going to be shaped by what you desire and that will shape then the way you see things so that's the way out of that one the second vicious cycle is loving God or not loving God and loving money or not you know just it's you can't love and serve both of these at the same time you can't serve God and wealth so the way out then is don't be anxious about that stuff Go first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the way out. Okay? So here's the main thing I'm trying to say in one sentence is that Jesus is calling us to a lifestyle of practicing the reign and the righteousness of God. Amen. So, Lord, that's what we want. We want to put it into practice. Lord, help us. And so these two key areas that we're looking at today, what we treasure and what we serve. And the first one, what we treasure. So, so don't put your treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so there's a couple things here. One, I just want to just mention, when we say what we treasure, uh, around here we say, do you treasure Jesus? I mean, first of all, you've got to be treasuring Jesus to hear this word about what you do with your stuff. So, so there's a time, and, and it's not just believing in him, not just giving him a nod, not just mental assent, but when did he become a higher priority than all other priorities in life? And that's, what we're, that, that's really the good news. That's the gospel. It's about the reign of God. It's saying, Jesus saying, come follow me. Come do what I'm bringing, the, the kingdom. So treasuring Jesus is huge. We were in realizing I was in darkness before I met Jesus. I was dead before I met Jesus. And he is our very life. He is the one in whom we see. We can't see this message. If we're not looking through the lens of Jesus, is going to sound really, really strange to us. Put your treasure in heaven. Do, do something that, that, that doesn't fit our paradigm and the way we live and think. I mean... My undergraduate, my undergraduate degree is in finance and investments. That's probably news to a lot of people. It's a great path for ministry. I don't know. Uh, I needed ministry. But I met the Lord. I met the Lord, right? It just had been in business for a little while. And just, it rocked me. And I'm going to share more about our story in just a second. But, but <clears throat> part of that was seeing... Uh, where I need to put my treasure is, is in Jesus. And the second part of that, so because if we put it on earth, it doesn't last. And so we want our treasure in heaven. And that is the way of discipleship. It's the way out of the trap of everything just being lost. And, and, uh, and so, uh, sorry about that. Um, just our eyes then become really important because my treasure, my heart goes where my treasure is 
And then my heart actually releases what I'm seeing. It's, it's, not, it's a two-way street. It's not just what I look at with my eyes, but it's what's going on in my heart because that affects the way I'm actually going to see life. Does that make sense? So it's, it's kind of a two-way thing. And I need to have my treasure in Jesus and in heaven in order to be generous with my eyes and not greedy with my eyes. You know, when my eyes are dark, I'm, I'm greedy with my eyes, with things and people and stuff. And we're actually supposed to be stewards of everything, of uh, resources. Thanks, brother. And uh, resources and uh, just our lives and people and taking care of people, taking care of each other. And that's going to affect, it's going to be determined by, are my eyes, what's on the inside? What am I letting in? And uh, I, I, years ago, I read this book by Watchman Nee called uh, Spiritual Obsession or something like that. But anyway, he, he just really made this point that if what you've got on the inside is darkness, you're obsessed. You're like, you really don't have the truth. If you don't have the truth in here, the truth of Jesus as it is in Jesus, then what you've got on the inside is actually darkness. And then, wow, you think that's light, but it's actually darkness. Consider the Pharisees. You know, they, they're killing Jesus, and that's the light they've got, is destroy him. But it, that's, how great is that darkness? The greatest, it's great darkness, right? So that's just, that, that's uh, huge. That's what's going on in this passage. And we're being challenged, uh, all of us, you know, challenged to, where's our treasure? And how do we respond? And, you know, it's not just a, it's not a one-time thing. We talked about Corey Ten Boom. Was that last week or week yeah, four? Um, and uh, just she was 80 years old and still had to get up and, and receive from the Lord and, and get help from the Lord on it again. You know, and I just share some of our story. And uh, there's, I know there's many stories in the room, but we need to share some of our alternative stories so that we're not just consumed by the American story around us, you know, and we haven't done it perfect, but we've got a story, and uh, so uh, years ago, long ago, and far away, in another galaxy, uh, many, many years ago, uh, I had a mentor friend who would come in town, he was, it was like I'd never heard the Sermon on the Mount before, you know, it's, I know I had, but it was coming alive to me during that time, and John Brown would give us books, you know, and like, and he, almost like he had a trench coat on or something, he'd like, I think you're ready for this one. <laughs> and uh, on one of those times, he did that, I think, I think you're ready now for this one. And, and it, it, you, it's not for everybody, but it's called True Discipleship. And it was intense. And it had this underlying idea that, that, you're, that the Sermon on the Mount means what it means what it says. <laughs> ah, wow. And we were just wrestling with that. You know, like, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And so that became a, like a, a thing. And we were just wrestling. And it was, it was a hard thing for us to wrestle through. And we started having this conversation. Like, we had a retirement account and savings. And, you know, I'm steeped in financial planning. I mean, that's who I am. I'm, I, I know all that stuff. And so, um, and she was working at UT Southwestern Medical Center, kind of cutting edge research for audiology at the time. And, and, and they had a great retirement deal and 
all that stuff. And so we, we really started wrestling with, what if we were to just not store up treasures on earth and to, you know, give it away? And, um, and that was a hard thing because we both had different parts of our story that made the thought of that kind of scary, you know, just anybody know what I'm talking about? So, but we were going, Lord, we love you. We want to follow you uh, no matter what. And uh, so then we finally got clear we're going to do it. And what started then was in the giving away of these tens of thousands of dollars, we were launched into a glorious liberty. I mean, like running and dancing. And I mean, it was joyful beyond, I just can't describe what, what happened in our lives. It was, it was amazing. And she started keeping a journal kind of like George Mueller of, of things we would give. And then, but then we'd get gifts. And we weren't, we weren't giving it to get it, but it, it was like we were just, it was hard to outgive God. You know, we'd give something and somebody else would give something to us. I literally remember giving a suit. I had one suit and I gave it to a guy. And, and then somebody else gave me a suit. And it, that's a small part of that story. But I mean, we were the church and people and widows and cars and just all this kind of stuff. And just was, it was glorious. It was beautiful. And, um, you know, and it, and, and it, it set us free. It sh- that, what we did there shaped our lives. A lot of what you're, you know, that, that, that changed us. It, it shaped us. And it's not like everybody needs to do that. But just wrestle through, you know, what's the Lord saying, you know, in, in this season? And, and uh, you know, uh, it just really, really uh, shaped us. Another thing we were uh, in t- just that happened, the Lord led us to, uh, we felt like a lot of our furniture was kind of from the old life, you know, just was dreams about the old life and stuff. And Kim um, just had this idea, what if, we, what if we just simplified? What if we got rid of the furniture? And... Uh, so we used the, the neighborhood shopper. That means nothing uh, to anyone. But the neighborhood shopper is this little magazine. You pass, it, I don't know how it got distributed, but now they have Craigslist or you know, whatever. Um, but we put an ad in like we're, for our furniture, what these different things were. And we got 50 calls in two days. And after the entertainment center, the last thing that was for sale was picked up by somebody then we got zero more calls. We got just for, it was a two-day period of everybody calling. And then our house, and that part of the house was, was empty. We still had beds and stuff. But, but that, but what happened there and just us getting lighter was just, again, it's been life-changing. Some of you guys met us for the first time when, we, when the house was empty, you know? And it wasn't like a forever, we've got furniture now. Um, we're not anti-furniture or something. And... Uh, but it was just like freeing and shaped us. And we would play soccer. We had two kind of living areas. And we could get like 60 people in the house for prayer, just raucous, loud prayer meetings with no furniture, you know? And it was just a season, but it was a shaping thing. I'm just kind of sharing some of the stories. I would say more recently, we've been shaped and challenged by the whole Nathan adventure. You know, that many of us went on together, given to God and given for others. And that word, that Nathan word, and just being challenged, like we'd gotten comfortable in some of our giving and just taking that, you know, to the next level, you know. And uh, again, those are, that's just 
part of our uh, story, but it has shaped us. Yeah. And it, it's really impacted us for, for giving to the Lord and to others, missionaries and the poor, but also um, living below our means. You know, where we're, 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 not just, we're not just doing everything we could do. You know, we're living, we're living below our means intentionally so that we can be generous and, and give. And uh, so uh, I'm, not, I'm not putting that on anybody. Everybody's walking in grace. Just be free. Don't compare. But you also need to hear stories sometimes like God does lead people to do radical things with generosity sometimes. You know, to, as an expression of getting out of the vicious cycle and living into putting our treasures in heaven. Because um, we can't take it with us, but we can invest it in people that are going there with us, right? So uh, just, you know, um, and I, I just want to be real practical on, on the tithing thing here for us. Um, I'm, some people are like, that's Old Testament, you know, all that. Okay, great. It's like training wheels to help you to learn how to give above and beyond and really be generous. And so I just want to just plant that seed. The people I know that are really generous started with tithing and, and, and aren't trying to do a dance about the Old Testament, the New Testament, but we're in the New Testament. We're in a better, grander, bolder time. Let's be super generous, abundantly generous. Amen. Everybody good? Yeah. Smiling? <laughs> okay. Okay, what we treasure and what we serve. So this next one, what we serve, it's, you know, is it God or money? And uh, that's, the, that's the hook there because there's something, money, you know, it can be a vicious cycle. And there, the transforming initiative is don't worry about this stuff. If God's clothing flowers and taking care of birds and even Solomon, I don't know what kind of duds, you know, Solomon was into, you know, circa 3,000 years ago, you know, just, uh, but I guess it was great, you know, he was the richest guy in the world, and he's, Jesus is saying, no, God takes care of us even better. How much more? If he takes care of the birds and flowers and the field, how much more? So uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and God promises to take care of us. Now, I, I guess part of the question is, how much time and energy do we spend on worrying about stuff? You know, it's like, it's a pretty good amount of time, and the, and the bigger the purchase, the more the worry, usually. That's been my experience. House, car, something like that, research, track it down, worry about it a little, um, Somebody help me. I said a little, just a small little amen out there. Uh, and God knows that we, he knows that we need it, but there is a dark side to money. I'm just going to say it. The dark side is demonic. The dark side gets us, it will rob us of freedom and put us in bondage if we really go down that road and get in the vicious cycle of serving money instead of God. We just, we have to, we have to just keep working it or, or in, in re-upping with the Lord, re-upping with treasuring Jesus, or we end up in that cycle that's so hard on us. It's a different vision. Uh, again, uh, we do a little sermon planning time, and, and I'm going to quote Jim 
Reynolds here for a bit. He said, you know, I, I want, we want to have the freedom to answer the call of God in the last quarter of our lives. So just think about that. We're training right now so that we are free in the last quarter of our lives. We're not just, we haven't bought into the wrong story and we get to live 50, 60, 5, 70 years and then we're, we're checked out and becoming a child again. We want to, you know, it's a different end story than the end story of Jesus. What Jim went on to say was the eschatology of mammon has replaced the eschatology of the kingdom of God. So that end of the story of money is a different end of the story than the kingdom of God, if that makes sense. So we want to stay, Jesus, we want to stay with you. How many older people are missing out on God's call for the last 25 years of their life? And I just, I'm, I'm planting that as a seed. There's, I'm, this, I, I want it. I want to, I don't want to check out. And, and I, I want to cast vision for us as a people, not checking out. You know, just get kind of the end and, and just kind of, you know, and then we die, you know. But man, let's, you know, Don Fento, 92 years old, on fire, still telling me that he didn't want me to out-radical him for God. You know, and I'm 50. And, okay, everybody tracking? We want vision for the whole deal, all of life, treasuring God the whole way to the end, finishing strong. We need to hear it. I need to hear it. And it's, you know, so faith here, some need to hear like, hey, let's trust the Lord. But that, and, and then others need to hear, we work along the way. We're trusting the Lord. We have faith, but we're working hard along the way. We're engaged. We're not checked out. You know, so this, you have little faith. It's not check out. It's seek first the kingdom of God and his reign and what he's doing and his righteousness. How are we thinking about the future? How are we thinking about the future? And what are we doing right now that exposes how we think about the future? And then this, Paul's just picking up what Jesus has basically said in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. Let's, Lord, help us. Help me. Help us not to put our hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Check it out. Like, that's, that's good news. We're, we're not a, a aesthetic. Is that the right word? Just, we're not just off in a monastery doing nothing. We're living our lives. We're doing our vocations. We're kingdom people on mission that are actually happy and joyful in life. And he's given us things for our enjoyment. Command them to do good. And to be rich in good deeds. And to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves. He's just restating Jesus, right? As a firm foundation for the coming age. So that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Okay, so part of this is just an exhortation for us uh, to slow down and think 
about it in a fresh way with the Lord, may, and not just do just what your parents did, just because I know, we got parents in the room, I, 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 honoring parents, my parents taught me a lot of great stuff, and then we've gone on further. So just, but it's, but we do have to pause and think and listen. You know, Lord, what are you saying for us in this situation? Slow down, think about it. I had a friend in college, and uh, he's brilliant, still is brilliant. And um, he had done a PhD in accounting and econometrics uh, research, account guy, accountant guy, brilliant, and was offered a job at Georgetown, six figures, and then offered a job on Wall Street, way, way more than six figures. And he called me, he said, hey man, what do you think, you know, and he's telling me the two numbers, and Georgetown, he works nine, nine months a year, gets X amount of money, or go to Wall Street, work all the time for gob more money. I said, well, man, and I'm, Kim and I are literally going through all this stuff back this is a long time ago. And I said, well, just how, how much is enough? Just how, how much is enough? And I, I remember that, I remembered that question to him, but also to me down through the years. How, how much do we need? You know, and so how much can we share? And how much can we bless others with? And, uh, you know, to, I'm just... I think part of what the Lord is doing, even as we read this, it's so foreign, it's like from another planet, it is from heaven uh, for us, is to, to wake up. Lord, help us to wake up. Help us to wake up and see uh, on a, what is a very difficult, talk about a, uh, an idol. You know, in our world, this is an idol. You know, just, and you know, we did that, shared that thing about the ties on the street bound down to this little golden statue and I'm like man that's an idol you know and on the way back on the plane I'm, I'm going Lord what are our idols and and this is one and so it's it's I know it's not a big you know like whoa preach it you know because we don't none of us have it down right. we're all in process and the Lord's always showing us things and we need a vision for sharing and serving others and living simply below our means and learning to give, cutting the legs right off of worry as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his, his uh, redemptive making things right, restorative justice, where the justice we practice actually makes things work right in the world around us. And that's what we're, that's what we're going for here as we live on mission together um, you know I think I'm almost done I just the call here is for us to consider the words of Jesus get out of the vicious cycles by pr practicing the transforming initiatives of seeking first the reign of God Lord what are you saying and your righteousness what are you doing in this situation help us Lord to live that way and to be free from the grip of this vicious cycle of seeking, getting under money's dark pull in our lives, right? Go ahead and stand up. Yeah, I keep, I can't, minister team, come on up. Worship team, come on up. I, I think part of why I'm, I, I so often find myself
just continuing to try to introduce this is because we need vision. Like, what if we were to live this way? What if we put Jesus' words into practice right here, right now, and his life was flowing just unhindered? Resources were flowing unhindered through us, and Jesus really would be rising up as a great, um, you know, just clear. It'd be clear that we're, we're, we're Jesus' people. And uh, so, Lord, help us in this. Help me, help us to be your people who walk this way. And it's so practical. Um, you know, I'm, sometimes we're thinking, man, is this practical? This is practical because it, it touches our, our lives, whether we like it or whether we've experienced it at this point. His words are the truth. And whether we've got a little or a lot, we say, Lord, help us with our hearts here this morning. Would you help us? Help me. Help us. Show us how to practice the reign of God with regard to resources and finances and our treasure and who we're serving. Yeah, it's a call to Jesus. I think this is one of those things too. I'm just like, this is everybody. Every, you know, everybody could, there's not enough room at the front for all the people that need to respond, which is everybody. So, Lord, help us. You know, just if you need to get ministry, come and get ministry. As always, if you need healing, get prayer. But, man, let's, let's pray for each other. Let's, let's really lean in. Use this moment. Take advantage of this moment. Lord, Jesus, you're the treasure. And, Lord, where there's just clarity needed on that, help us to lean in to you and with you. Search our hearts, Lord. Have your way in this most important part of the kingdom story this morning in the name of Jesus. We want to be your followers, Lord. Lead us. Help us. Help us take a step forward right now. Right now in this moment. A breakthrough moment in the name of Jesus. Let this be a breakthrough moment with treasures in the name of Jesus. Let it happen, Lord. In the church, through the church, in the name of Jesus breakthrough. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come. Yeah, Lord. Radical new stories. Radical new stories of following you with our resources. In the name of Jesus. Lord, write this next chapter. Help us to see the next chapter. Lord, help us have vision for not checking out, but staying engaged to the very end of life. In the name of Jesus.